Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, yeah, you can skip this. Nice. This is 30 Freddy and Pershing with me, Clara, and the. <laughs> and the snotty, the sexy, the snorty. <laughs> the super sublime Sophie Lyons. Or snotty Lyons. <laughs> Sniffly lions might be. <laughs> Look, it's a season change. Everyone's sick. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I was really eating. Sorry. TFP is what the girlies, the gays, the guys, the everyones are talking about at brunch tables, <laughs> in toilet cubicles, bus stops, all around the world. Total mundo. Dermatology. Waiting rooms. rooms. Because we've got a very special and exciting episode coming up for you right now. So much so, we just recorded it and we were like, you know what, let's fucking scrap the doors and your test. No one needs to hear about my long and boring week. <laughs> let's get right to it. There's too much juicy content. And we don't want to cut out a second of it. And we got so many amazing <laughs> questions from you all uh, on Instagram and other places. So thank you so much for your contributions. We hope we got to all the questions. And it was one of those things when we finished recording, it was like, uh, right... Uh, I don't need to edit any of that. Also, I have like so many more questions because they were all answered so well. Mm. It's just like it's a, it's a minefield it's skincare. A, it is. It's a landscape. We chat to this amazing dermatologist, uh, Dr. Emma Fanning, who is just so knowledgeable. Looking at her face on, on the call. Porcelain. Was like porcelain glow. I swear I could see my reflection in her skin. It was almost glass. Which we get into, glass-like skin. about. Yeah. And it was all, there was a lot of white. There was a lot of white, very pristine, very serene, and just so, like, n- lovely and able to explain very huge, big concepts in a very understandable way. Non-condescending, which is key. Mm. She was very great. Really enjoyed listening to that. But I, I would recommend to run to your drawer and grab a pen and paper. Yeah. And write down, or pull out your notes on your phone, because it's like... There's, it's almost like a quick fire of like the amount of knowledge. It's like, and then you're yeah. like, big pores, dark circles, redness, yeah. microneedling, glycerin, hydrochloric acid, and it's just she's firing, firing them, them yes, yeah, so at a very calm pace, but still it takes a while to write down hydraulic acid. Yeah, I would say not hydraulic acid, salicylic acid, glycerin. Yeah, like how to even spell them. So no, she does a great job. But uh, yeah, I was just like, even download the episode, save it, go home and then take it, whatever. Uh, but we really hope you enjoyed this chat. Thanks again for your questions and wear some FPS. Whoa, wear some SPF. 
and let's get into it girlies this is gonna be good for your skin get your glow on Qualifying as a medical doctor from UCD in 2014, Dr. Emma Fanning has gained extensive experience in dermatology and medical aesthetics. Her training took her down under to sunny Australia where she became known for achieving subtle and refreshed results for her patients. Recently completing her master's in skin aging and aesthetic medicine at the University of Manchester, Emma's passion is restoring your glow and today taking a leading role in the advanced skin and laser treatment provided by Aura Clinic in Dublin. Welcome, Dr. Emma. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. No problem. I love writing it. (laughs) I'm I'm crying. I'm holding back the tears. (laughs) I love writing Dr. Emma. When people say Dr. Emma to me, I'm like, who are you talking to? Who's that? (laughs) So we have a load of questions. We put up a poll thing on Instagram and we have a load of questions that came in. So... We're very excited to get into this. But what we thought would be a good idea is if you just give us a bit of an oversight to the Aura Clinic in Dublin before we start. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, Aura was born four, three or four years ago. Um, was spearheaded by Dr. Adele, who is one of my dear, dear friends. And I came back from Australia and we joined forces last year. And as we, we joined primarily because we're friends, but then also because we share such a similar vision for the aesthetic industry and where we think it should go and where our beliefs lie and that is in terms of focusing on skin health future proofing you as much as possible but doing it in a really natural subtle way and i think that's our point of difference and that's why you know i find we're a rare creature in the world at the moment focusing on that natural side of things and we have recently grown a little bit and moved out to our permanent home now which is in the beacon um, oh. And we've joined forces with two more doctors who are incredible, Amira and Suzanne. And we have three front of house. So we have a lovely little team and that's it for now. We've grown into a lovely family and we're all focused on the same philosophy. And yeah, that's who we are. I love the term future proofing. Yeah, that's a good one. And <laughs> um, that's <laughs> how, it seems like you're all like real kindred spirits. So it's nice to have a, a house of doctors Absolutely. that are all have the same beliefs. Completely. And I think that's why we focus so much on tr- on slowly building as well, because mm. it's so hard to find those people that you align with so perfectly. And ultimately, the vision is that anyone who walks into our clinic gets the same, you know, gets the same philosophy and approach. Mm. So it doesn't matter what treatment room you go into. I am confident that my mother can go into any of those rooms if she ever wanted to and be treated the same and I think that's how we work really well together that we're a team which is again it's a rarity in our world you know there's a lot mm. of sole practitioners can be a bit of a lonely world but together I think we're stronger and four heads are better than one do you ever get people being like give me more and you're like no absolutely I think <laughs> if you're with somebody who's not willing to say no to you you're probably with the wrong person yeah because you, there is this well-known phenomenon called perception drift whereby you essentially, your mind is a very clever organ and it will basically make sense of what it's presented with, you know? You, you know, it'll just see the mirror and it'll go, oh yeah, that's me, that's fine. So over time, slow little changes to your appearance won't be perceptible to your mind. And so, you know, you need to be with someone, you need to trust someone who will have that bigger picture in their mind for you because over time you're going to forget where you started. And it happens even over 
two weeks. You know, if we do an anti-wrinkle treatment, for instance, we bring people back in two weeks and it's their first time, they'll have forgotten where they started. And that's that perception drift. It's just your mind adapting. It's an evolutionary thing where it's like, okay, this is me. Like, otherwise you'd lose your mind if you, did, you didn't recognize the person in front of you. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, being able to say no, having the confidence to say no and trusting the person that's in front of you to say no to you is really important. So I do... Not, you know, like most people who come to us know we're about the nachos, so, you know, they're on board with that, but yeah. it does happen, yeah, sometimes. Oh, uh, that just, all I could think about was like, you know, those like Towie people and the Geordie Shores of the world and the Love yeah. Island people who go too far and mm-hmm. that makes so much sense because you're like, you look totally different to what you used to look like now. Yeah. And the and, turkey and it's teeth. And a big responsibility. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they you know, don't I actually went to Turkey this yeah. summer. <laughs> was it to get your teeth done and, no I, I wish <laughs> I like, really missed out on it we were on the in the queue on the like way to board on the way home and honestly we looked around one moment we were like are we the only people that didn't get something done there were like 10 hair transplants I've heard there this was, like teeth that were just leaving at us and then there was really funnily we got on board and a, a woman turned around to Danny and was like I, I can't put my bag up do you mind I just hurt my back and at the end, we sat down, we were like, she definitely didn't hurt her back. <laughs> <laughs> Boom job! I, yeah, exactly. I heard this, those, like, planes back from Turkey, everyone has yeah. their hair plugs done and the teeth. Oh, at least you're, like... I, it's amazing. But, like, at least you're, like, ah, oh, we're all in this together. I feel better. Like, yeah. Yeah, if I had a pal, I agree. Right, sorry, we're More getting parody, sidetracked. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the questions. So, it's a... Obviously, it's a season change now... So what can we do to help maintain your skin barrier in winter with the season yeah, change? It's so, so relevant now. It's funny because even you can f- feel the change even dur- during the conversations I have in clinic every day. It's uh, like everyone is saying the exact same thing. I've lost my radiance. I'm really dull. My skin's a bit dry. It's a bit irritated. So now is the time, even before the temperatures really drop, to have a little look at your skincare routine and say, okay, what can I dig around? But what people forget often is that your environment is, is equally important. So mm. one little tip I think that we can all make use of is to add a humidifier to your home. You can get a really cheap little humidifier from Amazon and mm. that will change the ambient atmosphere for you so that you know your skin loves a little bit of humidity in the air and that's one of the changes that happens in winter is that it becomes drier. So that's mm. one little change even before you go to the, the bathroom cabinet. And another is that you know we know it's cold, we know it's windy. So just you know cover your face if you're out for a big long hike or you're out for a walk and never forget your sunscreen even in winter mm. um because it's equally important to protect your skin in that regard too but then when it comes to actually okay what things can i do when i look at my skincare what do i need it really does come down to the simplest thing it's your hydration factor so whatever you're using to moisturize or hydrate your skin is the thing that you should probably look at first um so something a little bit thicker something a little bit you know more a bit more ungent like might be needed if you're very dry and if you're oily you probably still even need a little bit more kind of juice in your hydration so we have actually it's funny because i just wrote the our newsletter for for this week for the our our aura newsletter is called the oracle (laughs) (laughs) we, we just sent that out actually so um, I'm just, I'm, I'm literally just kind of regurgitating a lot of what was in that, but the ingredients that you can kind of keep an eye out for, I think that's helpful for people, yeah. um, would be, <clears throat> so moisturizers are, are three categories, they're humectants, emollients, or, or um, occlusives. 
So look for ceramides, look for hyaluronic acid, look for glycerin. They're all moisturizers. Mm. And then look for things like panthenol, which is B5, um, that will help kind of hold on to the moisture. And then or Sika is another great ingredient to have for soothing. And yeah, they're, they're kind of the big ones to look out for in terms of ingredients when you're trying to look for your new moisturizer. For I'm going to go back and write notes down on all of this. Yeah, yeah. I can never get a solid answer yeah. on these kind of questions from people. I don't want to turn this into like a lecture. <laughs> oh, please. No, it's I not. I should bring slides. No, bring it's slides like an time. audio oracle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so these questions are still focusing on the skin for the first part. Um, so how do you reduce big pores? So it's very, very normal for you to have pores. That is number one. And that mm. is, I think, a myth that needs to be dispelled. We will never make them invisible. We will never get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so accepting that is probably step one in your recovery of trying to deal with your pores. <laughs> and people will have different pore sizes naturally. This even goes back to your ethnic background. But let's say oily skin types are, are probably going to have a little bit of a larger pore size because the sebum production for them has been more active throughout their life whereas drier skin types might have a little bit tighter pore and may not be as visible so if you are of an oily skin type again accepting that you're probably going to have a little bit more visibility in your pores than your friend who's got eczema let's say it's just important to to knowing what's normal and what's not and then okay so we have large pores and we have visible pores what can we do about them so if you consider that part of what makes the pore visible is the skin between you know, outside of the pore, holding it together. And as we age, uh, we lose a little bit of collagen uh, or a lot of collagen, depending on where you are on the aging spectrum. Um, so it's not so much just about looking at the pore in the instance, but it's also about boosting the collagen or keeping the collagen as, as keeping as much collagen as possible. So steps for that regard would be SPF, protect your skin as much as possible and um, retinoids so adding a vitamin a into your regime so that it can boost as much collagen as possible and then what can we do beyond that the skincare routine we can consider things that again boost collagen so microneedling is a fantastic option for for an in-clinic treatment uh, which boosts collagen strengthens the skin outside of the pore and therefore it kind of helps it tighten back up if you, if that makes sense and then another ingredient to consider for the oilier skin types might be something like a salicylic acid to help kind of dial down that oil production for them so that the pore itself isn't as active and not as much oil is is churning out but they're the basics oh wow that's amazing because i have such big pores like here like on either side yeah. of my nose like outside the cheek yeah. and like i've always had them and like my skin's real oily um yeah. even even now and if you in think my about 30s. it they've they've just had a bit more of a workout than someone who's had dry skin and the pores just haven't had as much coming out of them. So for you, Clara, I, w- I suppose if you're still dealing with a little bit of oiliness, you could consider that salicylic as one okay. addition to your routine to help kind of reduce the oil. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely consider a retinoid so that it does help regulate oil too, but it also helps boost collagen, particularly now for you guys. Banking as much collagen as you can at this point is only going to put you in a, yeah. a future-proof your skin, basically, you know? And you talked about um, retinoids there, there. Are they the same as retinol? I was just about to ask that. <laughs> That's a really good question because it's very confusing. This is also discussed in the article this week. Oh! <laughs> but, uh, it's like you guys read it. <laughs> but... If you think of retinoids as the umbrella term, and it encaptures all of them, 
And underneath that umbrella are different categories of retinoids. So retinol is one. Retinoic acid is the purest form, so that's the strongest. And then there's retinal palmitates, retinols. There's, there's a, a number of other different types. So retinol is a retinoid, if that makes sense. Okay, got you. Yeah, I have actually have one of them at home, but I just, it's at the bottom of my makeup bag. And sorry, just on that retinoid thread, we got a question in saying tretinoin. Yeah, tretinoin. Tretinoin. Ah, <laughs> uh, tretinoin. Uh, for anti-aging. Is that in the retinoid family? And like, how should you layer it? How do you work it into your routine? Is that similar to the retinol, working that in, like phasing it in? Exactly. So tretinoin is the top of the ladder. It's the strongest form that you'll get over the counter of a retinoid. It's pure retinoic acid, basically. So what that means is that because it's pure, your body doesn't need to convert it. When you put it on your skin, it'll start to work like a retinoid. Retinol, on the other hand, needs to convert several times to become retinoic acid, therefore making it less potent and less strong. So tretinoin would be the gold standard, if you think of it that way, the strongest and the tip, tip of the top. But because it's strongest, it brings with it a little bit more potential for irritation. So let's say you're very sensitive, you've never had a retinoid before, you're, treat, you're naive to them, and you're just not sure how your skin's going to cope. A retinol is actually a really good one to try and to yeah. build your, your skin's tolerance to it slowly. Regardless, all of them should be approached with, you know, caution and just slowly introducing them. So I definitely, regardless if you're starting retinol or tretinoin, start with one night a week and the dose makes the poison as with anything so only a pea-sized amount is usually enough you know take that pea dot it across your face and then blend it in try and be careful with the corners of your nose your mouth and your eyes because they're the sensitive little spots the other ways you can build build it up slowly would be to put a moisturizer on top of it after 10 minutes so that your skin can uh, can take it on a little bit easier. Mm. Or if you're really sensitive, put a moisturizer underneath as well and then a moisturizer on top. It's called oh. sandwiching so that it's it's buffered a little bit. Okay. And and then another point for the really really sensitive souls would be you can do this thing called contact short contact therapy whereby you put it on even a retinol or tretinoin. You put it on like a mask almost for 10 minutes, one week. 20 minutes the next week, maybe 30 minutes the week after, so that you're slowly again building up your tolerance to it. So start with a one night a week. If after two two weeks you're doing fine, add a second night. And like it, it really is, a, a, of all the ingredients it's apart from SPF, it really is the one we should all be striving to get into our routine because in terms of evidence and science-backed research for boosting collagen and helping with skin aging, it's the gold standard really. So yeah. Okay. I love the idea of a sandwich. Yeah, of retinols. Yeah. You're getting hungry, Sophie. Yeah, I haven't had dinner. <laughs> Skincare dinner. Skincare for dinner. Sorry, when you're saying do a mask, you take it off with just warm water. Yeah, you would just remove it exactly with warm water or just a gentle cleanser. Okay, interesting. Just to use my red face as an example with huge pores, how does one even out the skin tone? Like I have like redness here. I have perioral dermatitis here, which I won't get into because that's way too niche. Um, but and then I also have redness around my nose. Like it's almost like broken blood vessels. Yeah. So I feel like I need a whole like JCB to come in and rework my face, but. 
it's just no, I, I hate wearing makeup, makeup so I, I love <laughs> but I hate wearing makeup and I, I just say basically I hate taking it off like I'd wear it on the weekend but is there a way I'd love to get my skin to a point where just you can go makeup free the tone is is nice and, yeah. and even I that it's funny you bring that up because like there's a few things that will age your face fast or you know that we can wrinkles are one you know lines that you see and then uneven tone later in life tends to be another one so that is definitely something that can freshen up a face really really nicely um I suppose number one for your in your case is perfect example Clara would be to consider why the redness is there what is driving a little bit of that and I think you're clearly a little bit sensitive to things that mm. perioral dermatitis there's a little bit of inflammation that's going on so try to minimize that as much as possible which I know is very easy to say but it's very hard in real life because <laughs> you know you're probably trying different things every now and then and, and it's a bit of a tightrope as to what's going to react to you and what's not but for you probably keeping things very simple and bland is probably a good approach but once we're at the point where the tone is a little bit uneven and that that's not just redness it can be pigment which is the brown you know discoloration so redness or, or brown so we'll start with redness so redness it can be hard to treat in terms of creams actually and I think that's one thing that brands have done really well to confuse mm. people about is mm. creams that are called anti-redness or you know neutralize mm. your redness and that might help a little bit with the environmental causes of redness, you know, like flushes that happen with heat and cold, etc. But for that fixed redness that's already set in your skin, like you were saying, Tara, around mm -hmm. your nose from years of inflammation, no cream's gonna gonna make that disappear. So when you're at that point, you're at the point when laser and light therapy might be worthwhile considering. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's fantastic devices out there now. And we've just introduced a really powerful new laser, which is and the reason this is the, the machine we've gone for is because it's the best at dealing with redness. And yeah. we are located in Ireland. And what is one of the biggest concerns that people have in Ireland? It's red skin because <laughs> we have such a high prevalence of rosacea. And, and Yeah, what is that? Why so, is it not like that in Ireland? It's I called the curse of the Celts. Like it is just known. Oh. That we are. Yeah. Damn, That's Celtic skin type is more prone to <laughs> Oh. oh, lucky us, I know, lucky us. Oh, so that's redness. I think a, a, a vascular laser and, and for some people IPL would be a perfect one for you to consider. Like you were saying, you've got the broken mm. vessels. We call them telangiectasia. They can be handled really nicely with the laser because they're just a nice target for a laser to just to go in and and, and close. Yeah. So usually that's, that's a really straightforward treatment in the right hands. And then there's brown pigment, obviously, which is a little bit different, but it can definitely contribute to uneven skin tone. And there's a whole host of things we can do for that in terms of creams, etc., and lasers. Mm. Um, but yeah, uneven and would, skin tone. And would the... I had acne uh, until I was like, I don't know, 27. And, and would the, the retinols and the laser, would that help with the... Like I have a bit of scarring or it's more probably brown pigmentation, but is that, that also what you'd advise? So... Retinols are actually really good at dealing with a lot of things. Okay. So I think it's a no-brainer if your skin can tolerate it to get it into your routine, for sure. It does deal with pigmentation really nicely. It's part of how we treat part of how we treat it. And scarring, again, what is a scar? It's usually a deficit in collagen damaged by the inflammation that happened when you had the, the outbreak of acne at the time. 
So where retinol comes into healing that is the boost of the collagen. Mm -hmm. And like we were saying with the open pores, microneedling and maybe radiofrequency microneedling would be a great option again for boosting the collagen and helping even out the texture. Okay. Gosh. You've gotten Uh, so much advice. (laughs) But (laughs) what about me? Anyway, another one. What brands are you jadoring and recommending? High or low budget? <laughs> I suppose this kind of matches in with like your desert island items. If you have like three, yeah. and you're like, these are my top. So j'adore. So like I suppose if we're talking about pharmacy level, the more affordable end of the spectrum, if you're in a pharmacy and you're looking for something, I think the French pharmacy brands do fantastic mm. options. And they'll cover your bases for cleansers, moisturizers, and a lot, and sunscreens as well. And I suppose you know, they're basic tenets of any skincare routine that you're going to cleanse, you're going to moisturize and you're going to put on a sunscreen. Um, so ones that I would often recommend to people would be La Roche-Posay. They have a lovely Effaclar range as well for acne prone skin and then just really basic rich moisturizers and cleansers for drier skin. Aven are also another beautiful brand. They are, again, French. Uh, it's not well known about them, but they actually have a thermal spring that the French government like send really really advanced eczema patients to as oh. part of their treatment so that's their kind of bread and butter Aven, I, I do find sometimes their fragrance is like it's like a rose fragrance some some people can react to that obviously not everyone gets on fine with fragrance that's one thing to bear in mind but they have beautiful um cleansers and moisturizers as well then if we're going to the j'adore and i have je budget je or just sugar daddy or mommy whatever i'm lucky um, for say <laughs> that, that is you so that's honest. totally me <laughs> it's like trish <laughs> um, i would say like as was not not to average it, I, I suppose we ha- have the lovely position in our clinic that we choose what we get to, you know, have in stock. And as we really do believe what we have and we don't have everything from every brand. But ones that we strongly lean on would be SkinCeuticals for their antioxidants. I think they're really hard to compare to. We have two new fabulous brands coming on. Ven, which is from Korea, which is just oh. fantastic combination of, you know, the 10 step thing that's a big thing in Korea but it's never going to work in the West like that no one has time for so lovely combinations boosters which are great for hydrating and for for creating that radiance and then Pietro Simone which is um, an Italian man whose bread and butter is facials but he's created his own range and there's lovely calming and hydrating serums that he's concocted as well Um, so they're two newer ones but we've brought them on for a reason and then Obagi which is only really in um, cosmetic clinics. So not a lot of people will have heard of them, but they have fantastic mm. ranges for pigmentation, etc. as well. So mm. they would be the names that I would lean on the most. Fabulous. And then speaking about that pigmentation, what does one do for dark circles under the eyes, panned eyes? How do we help them? It's such a common complaint because... That little under eye area is literally like the perfect storm mm. of all the signs of aging in one <laughs> tiny little spot. You know, it's got your thinning skin. It's got your pigmentation in the skin. Or if you're sensitive and you have allergies, it's got a bit of redness. It's got uh, then underneath a bit of fat loss, got a, a lot of bony changes happening because your, your orbital rim widens out. <laughs> and mm. so you lose the support. 
oh, there's fluid accumulation as well. So it's literally, no one comes in with perfect under eye area. No one does. No. And it's whether it's bothering you enough that we pursue it. But I suppose because of all of those things coinciding in this one spot, is it's very hard to pick one thing that fixes all of that. So yeah. often the under eye area requires a combined modality approach, realistically. And... You know, there's this massive trend for tear trough fillers as one of the kind of fix-alls. And in reality, very few people are suitable for tear trough filler. So I think that's, in my mind, and most of us in Aura would say it's kind of our last resort for for things to fix if you have a true hollow. Is that like a, sorry to interrupt, is is that like a filler under the eye? Yeah, it's it's literally just a little bit into the the inner corner of the eye here. If you have a a real hollow, you can be suitable sometimes for a little bit of... Smidgen. Oh, wow, gosh. But in the right person, amazing. But what people see on Instagram is these perfect, flawless results straight afterwards and think, oh, that's the fix, that's the cure. And people come in, then we have a little look, and you know, their skin laxity is a bit too much, or they have a bit too much fluid, or there's other areas that are lacking support. So it's it's kind of got this reputation as being the fix all for anything under eye, but it's rarely actually the solution. So the way we approach it is kind of like how we approach everything. It's with the skin first, brighten it up, strengthen it as much as possible. And there's other options before you get to the filler option where we kind of help stimulate your own body to do a lot of the repair work. So skin boosters is one of the options. Platelet rich plasma, where we take a little sample of your own blood and we would spin it and take off the lovely growth factors and use that is that like so the vampire there's, there's lots thing? of options exactly yeah. yeah that's what people most people know it as um yeah. lots of options but it's very it has to be very specific to you because it depends on what the mm. overriding concern is really in your case if that makes sense yeah all your ailments. oh that's a real bleak one i know because it's like it's a tough one it's yeah. a tough one for all of us that area there is is like you know that that's actually probably my main concern myself and i have I have every tool under the sun in my clinic. I can yeah. do anything, you know. Is there it's like a, it's a tricky one? Is there, you know, there? I heard like it was a myth that eye cream is it anything more than a moisturizer? So some eye creams do deliver a little bit more. For instance, you're the pigment person who's got that little bit of brown pigment under here, and that's what's causing your dark circle. So it would be a great choice for you to have something addressing that pigment underneath the eye, like vitamin C or retinoids. So not always. And then there's the other person who has, who's got dry crepe like skin under the eye. A moisturizer, an eye specific moisturizer is a good idea for them because their concealer is going to go on better. And then there's the thinning of the skin as well. A retinoid, like we've already discussed, which can help thicken out the skin would be a great choice for that. But you're right. It's, I don't think eye creams are a complete necessity. They're a nice extra for people if, if they want, but Mm. Again, it kind of depends. If you were really dry and dry and it needs a bit of nourishment, then, you know, we should have something that's suitable for under there. I feel but like I'm going to fall the asleep The stuff tonight. that's going on here can mostly go up here. I was like, I'm going to fall asleep tonight thinking of all the things I need to buy. Do you go to sleep with a silk pillowcase? <gasps> maybe. maybe. <laughs> I do too. Maybe. I, I smell to sp- silk pillowcase. I can sense it from your aura <laughs> and I your know. face. Do you wear an eye mask? I do have a silk eye mask. <laughs> I do too. Oh, That's it, just for light though. That wasn't for my face. Yeah, it does feel nicer though than the cotton ones. And do you wear anything on your head? No, I don't have a silk uh, hair mask. Her, they're meant to keep the grease off. <laughs> or a bonnet. Uh, yeah. One of my mm-hmm. friends wears a silk bonnet to bed. 
Wow. With a supplement. And do they find it makes a difference to their... So, yeah. So she has very long hair. And she found... I think it was her hair was affecting her face during her sleep, basically. Okay, yeah. Her skin. I think the oils or something. And she finds it it very useful. And it's sexy. Beautiful. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we leave the, the, the subject of eyes... How does one uh, depuff their eyes, especially in the so, morning? Cucumber, ro- the, uh, the jade rollers, perhaps. <laughs> so, look, there's definitely a role for facial massage, but again, it goes back to okay, why are your eyes becoming fluid filled? And for some people, it'll be allergies or medications, etc. And so, can we dial down the allergies? Do you need an antihistamine? Do you need to reduce your caffeine intake? Do you need to reduce your salt intake? All of those things. And then there's also a subset of people where this little part of your anatomy holds a lot of your lymph, you know, lymphatic system, which is part of your drainage system, if you think of it that way in your body. It's your garbage chute is another way to think about it. It takes all the fluid and excess stuff away. And it's a highly concentrated area right under here, under the eye, which is really unfair. Like it's like an anatomical um, disadvantage, essentially, because if you think about it, if all the lymph is, is draining here, it can get caught for some people. So some people are just unfortunately really prone to that because of their anatomy. And then others will have lifestyle factors. But how can you get rid of it? If you, if you can't adjust it with lifestyle factors, you've got that anatomical kind of predisposition to it. Being careful not to add more water holding elements like hyaluronic acid fillers, etc. would be one thing. Uh, being careful when you go to a practitioner with anti-wrinkle injections that you're not relaxing the muscles around here too much around your eye because they can form an important part of shifting the fluid away for you like a pump um Mm. and then mechanical you can do a little bit of massage like people find that little bit of facial massage in the morning does help the fluid move on you know so Mm. like whether that's a jade roller or a gua sha or your hands like that's completely up to you and how bougie you want to feel that day (laughs) but you know it's 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 very much a mechanical if you think about your lymph system it's kind of from the inner part of your eye to the outer part of your eye and then down and down to the neck you know so you're kind of following the lymph and how it tracks Uh, so that you can encourage it along if you think of it that way oh because i heard yeah cold water is another good one and also for like Mm -hmm. reducing it doesn't it doesn't kate moss Say that she's, she splashes yeah, she does. cold she, water. Yeah, I have to say, I, lo- I love a little cold splash in the morning. I think it wakes my skin up a bit. Mm. But yeah, I, and, really? and again, it's the same. Do a little cold and just do a little massage. It kind of enlivens your face a bit. Yeah, wake it up. Oh, I would always think warm. Well, you if can Kate do Moss... your little cleanse with warm, but, you know, I do little 
after with a bit of cold splash. There's no science behind this whatsoever. I do just not, Kate I just Moss. Like it. <laughs> I think Kate Moss is enough. That's enough for me. <laughs> Speaking of lifestyle factors, we had a few based on like supplements and food and specific foods. One of the ones was like, does your gut health have an impact on your skin? So this is definitely an emerging kind of field of how much we understand and what we know. So anyone who makes categorical statements in this regard, I would be dubious about because there's not enough evidence for us to definitively say yes or no about this. I think anecdotally, and I think we all have experiences, we probably know there is a is a big link between, you know, our inner health and our, our outer appearance. And I do think probably in the long run, we'll figure that out and we'll be able to say that out loud. But for now, it's hard for us to put our finger on. It's hard for us to explain. But I think we all probably need to readjust as a society our motivations and what kind of, what pushes us to do something, what pushes us to take a supplement, blah, blah, blah. Because ultimately we should all just be striving for good health, you know, not to take a supplement to have better skin. You know, you should just be doing the things that make you feel good to, to live well. But can I give you a straight answer? I can't give you a straight answer because there is no straight answer, unfortunately, mm. with the, the link because it's unclarified. But I would say striving for, for good health should be what we should all be looking for rather than trying to eat this to achieve this with my skin because that is, is definitely a path that is unclear and can breed a lot of anxiety. And when we're yeah. already anxious about our skin, I don't think that's helpful. Yeah, because mm. one of the other ones was starchy food. Does that affect our skin? Yeah, and look, and look star- starch isn't always bad, you know, the starchy vegetables. Mm. So it, I suppose what, what that person probably is wondering about is refined starch, right? So starch is a carbohydrate, and so not all carbs are bad. So, But on the spectrum of carbohydrates, there's the high glycemic index carbohydrates, which obviously rise your sugar levels really fast. Um, and that's where we're talking about refined foods like sugars and sweets mm. and whatever. And I suppose that, that is one area that's emerging a little, to be a little bit more clear that we do think that high, high sugar diets do destroy your collagen a little bit faster. So mm-hmm. lend to these age-related end glycation end products and that's bad for your collagen. So in a way, yes, but do you need to avoid sugar? Absolutely not. But Excellent. again, if you've got a diet full of sugar, not great you know, for yeah. anything, yeah. let alone your skin or your aging process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the kind of concept of high glycemic index foods associated with acne and whether that's a driver. And, and yeah, we do think potentially that may drive in terms of its hormonal pathway and hormonal sequelae, more oil production, which obviously drives acne. So that might be something that, that has a link. But, but starch isn't a bad thing, you know, that you have starchy vegetables, like a potato is a starchy vegetable. That's, that's got nutrition of its own and it's delicious. I so, love a potato. I, I, Mm. right oh i love a potato okay interesting so we can study potatoes stunning (laughs) supplements do you have any supplements you think that you kind of not swear by but yeah i again i think this is where our motivation as society comes into question doesn't it like are we taking a pill because we think it'll fix something or are we taking it because it's good for our health i think there's a few supplements that i can say they're probably something we should consider Vitamin D is is a no-brainer because we live at a latitude where it's hard for us to make enough vitamin D. Vitamin D is very important to our health, so take a vitamin D supplement. And then beyond that, omegas maybe, if you don't get enough 
you know, omegas from your diet, like sources would be, you know, oily fish or nuts and seeds. So if you don't get a lot of that in your diet, maybe consider supplementation of omegas, especially if you have that kind of inflammatory, drier skin type, there is some evidence to say maybe that might help a little bit. But that's probably where I would finish in terms of recommending a supplement unless you have a deficiency. You know, and that's when, you know, you need to be looking at your diet and why, why aren't I getting enough nutrients from it? Because, you know, there's some chat about vitamin C's, etc. for skin health, but, you know, you should be getting that from your diet. You know, you should have enough citrus fruit, etc. to get vitamin C and or even potatoes. There's a lot of vitamin C in potatoes. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the point of taking a supplement if you're getting it from your diet is kind of pointless because your body will only take what it needs and it'll eliminate what it doesn't. So... I, I think though if, sorry, I'm kind of going to backtrack on myself a little bit because I think if you're not getting enough from your diet and you have no means to get it from your diet, like you just, just can't commit to looking at your diet and then maybe then a supplement might come into play, you know, so that you're getting some of the nutrients. But, but ultimately we should be eating the rainbow and looking at what we eat and nourishing ourselves well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love her eating the rainbow. Eating, yeah. I'm dying to know this because I don't know what this, what this is. Okay, go for it. I think it's your question as well. Oh, yeah, no, it came from my Instagram. Is glass skin achievable for non-Korean people using high street or affordable products? So glass skin, so that... So that what is like that? A, again, we go back to the Korean beauty, K-beauty trend or lifestyle. I don't know what you want to call it. And this actually comes back to us comparing um, ourselves. And it also relates to ethnic skin types. And it's a... Again, it's a new kind of field and we're starting to understand a little bit more the differences in skin structure, function and histology between people of, of different racial backgrounds. And it's interesting particularly because Asian skin types tend to have smaller and less pores oh. than Caucasian skin types or black skin types. So already you're trying to compare yourself if you're Caucasian mm. or you're black to someone with a different ethnic background who has different, we think, anyway, we're, we're, and we're starting to understand more, different skin structure. You know, is it achievable? Can you get a nice glow from hydration and looking after your skin and preventing damage from free radicals with antioxidants and SPF? Absolutely. But, you know, are you going to be able to compare it to that social media glossed over image? No, and I don't think that's healthy that we're all trying to achieve that because mm. it's just not real. I want to Google it. I want to see what it looks like. It's just really dewy skin. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's got oh, like okay. high wash dewy. Oh. That was all the skin stuff and I've learned loads and now we get into the really juicy part. <laughs> we had loads of people asking about the more kind of cosmetic <laughs> side of things that mm. they, they were yeah. dying to ask you. Clara, please, would you like to take a question? I, I would love to, thank Great. you. So what would you recommend investing in treatment-wise if you can only afford one thing, not including Botox? So if you are trying to allocate your budget, I would always start first and foremost with some home care because what you do on a daily basis over time adds up a lot faster than the once in a blue moon visit to a clinic. So if you've got that under your belt and we're talking about in-clinic, procedures yeah and we're not talking about anti-wrinkle injections i think it comes down to that collagen discussion that we've kind of gone back to back again and again and the things we know boost collagen and get you to store as much as possible for future are things like microneedling i just 
adore it as a treatment. It helps with pore visibility. It helps with fine lines. It can help with scarring. It helps with a little bit of pigment. It's just an all, it's like the retinoid in terms of treatments, really. Ooh, it's a bit of an all rounder. So yeah, okay. Really good for skin health. So I'd probably go with that one. Yeah. Okay, I love that idea. <laughs> um, someone wrote thoughts on Russian lips versus filler. They briefly explained Russian lips. What to are me. The, what's that? So Russian lips is actually a technique used with dermal filler. So in a roundabout way, I suppose we're talking about what what I think about the technique. Yeah. Um, and it became popularized on social media because of all of these images of kind of very everted lips and this technique basically which is linear threads kind of placed from the bottom of your lip up if you imagine so you're inserting the needle and you're retrograding up like this so that the idea is that you evert the lip and I think what people have misunderstood because of all of that is that it's actually a technique that we use a lot anyway when we're trying to evert a lip but it's not the Russian lip technique you know that's been commercialized and and so spread all over social media and it can be used you know we would have been using it for the people that it's appropriate for to give them a little curl out either the lip a little bit if it's needed to balance the lip um, um but i think unfortunately what is is being associated now with that technique is these very overly defined sharp bordered kind of artificial looking lips um which I think you get by now is not the kind of ethos that I would kind of subscribe to and I feel has taken our industry into kind of a shadowy place where we shouldn't be. You know, we should really be about natural beauty and returning Mm. balance to the face and symmetry and light reflexes rather than trying to create an abnormal or natural look because no one's lip looks like that. No, What age is too young? That was another question, just speaking of age. What age is too young to yeah. start getting preventative work? So, uh, like, it's actually a question that comes up a lot, but, but I think it's case by case dependent. And you're never too young to start a preventative skincare routine. That's number one. Yeah. So, you know, investing in a sunscreen when you're young yeah. is a really good idea. And then starting a retinoid is another really good idea. But then when you get into the realm of wanting an in-clinic procedure, I think things that are less invasive and more geared and focused towards the skin and maintaining the health of the skin like microneedling i know i'm a bit of a broken record but i do love microneedling or light therapy like led i think they're appropriate in in your you know your 20s as or or appeals you know to maintain your glow and kind of keep the cell turnover nice and and tickety-boo like i think all of those things are appropriate but i suppose where the line comes to is when we talk about anti-wrinkle injections or derma fillers and I don't know if you're aware, but in the UK, it was really, really recently that they passed a bill that made it illegal for people under the age of 18 to search or to receive these treatments. So unfortunately, people under the age of 18, it was legal for them to get these treatments. And I think that's very wrong. And then because you're maturing in mind and body, you know, mm. it's really not a time to be focusing on these things. Mm. Um, but then when you get into your 20s and late 20s, I suppose what it comes down to is signs of aging for me. That That's where the decision is made. If you've legitimately got early signs of aging, like the lines starting to settle into the skin, that could do with a little bit of treatment. Then I think that's where the discussion lies. And I suppose then being really clear about the future plan that these treatments aren't going to take over your life that they're just 
minimally done as little as possible. But I suppose for me, if I was to draw a line in the sand, really 25, over 25 would be the people ideally that would be only considering these treatments, you know? Yeah, mm. that makes sense. Yeah. You have to be like 16 to go to a gym. Yeah, that's that. Know, yeah, it's it, wild. Yeah. It kind of highlights the shadow of this industry that it is very underregulated and therefore yeah. open, unfortunately, to unsavory practices. Yeah. So yeah, making up as they go along, kind of like because it's growing so quickly. Well, because loads of exactly. like don't loads of people train in doing um the likes of Botox if they're like potentially like a nurse or whatever it is that they have that yeah. skill already. So there's loads there, of people who aren't yeah, doing so it. There are non-medical practitioners that practice, unfortunately, as well. Uh, I say unfortunately, I suppose, in the sense that they're unable to access the medicines that are needed sometimes if an adverse event occurs. And also they're not trained in the medical practices of to the standards that I suppose the rest of us would have taken for granted in terms of, you know, aseptic techniques, etc. And na- anatomy and understanding the body, I suppose. Yeah, there, there is a lot of work to be done in this industry and that's why it's so important that you search for practitioners with at least a medical qualification and then at least, you know, a lot of experience that do this as their bread and butter. I, I've really, I have a strong belief in that, that, you know, you need to be doing this day in, day out to be confident, I think. You know. mm. That was a question from a London listener and they said, what is the best way to review and select a, a doctor? They're, they had fillers and they fell down. I'm sorry to hear that. That makes me really sad because, you know, that's what adds to the fear and anxiety of these treatments, which shouldn't, you know, there is risk with any medical procedure because to me, these are medical procedures, but, you know, you should be looked after and the continuity of care should be that that person was looked after afterwards if they were disappointed. But how to avoid pitfalls like that would be, I suppose, seek out medical practitioners I really do think you should be looking for people who do this all the time that this isn't a weekend job for them or you know once a month because experience teaches you so much and I think that's how you you know it's like anything that's how you get good at anything Mm. um and then have a consultation you know like we all have evolved with a good instinct and it's gotten us to where we are today so go in and chat to the person and if you have a good feeling about them and their qualifications tick all the boxes and you know they have a nice follow-up plan for you if if it's needed that will tell you more than anything a website can i think you really should we we do a consultation for every treatment to make sure that our our vision aligns with the person's vision you know because that may be the other thing make sure that your idea of what you want is the same as the person doing the treatment Mm. fabulous that's very true so that's all the kind of good treatments you can get done but are there any treatments that you think are fad that have like kind of come on the scene and either will be out of fashion in a few years or else just don't really do anything or don't match up to your kind of standards or they're bogus <laughs> i think i think there is a t- a changing tide at the moment towards people really wanting to remain as natural as possible and age well and accepting the signs of aging more, which is really positive. So I, I do think the Russian lips and the very artificial results are hopefully fading out now and people are more, you know, willing to go along with the subtle results rather than the very obvious. But if I was to pick one treatment or intervention that I, I wouldn't, as there's one obvious one, because we get emails about it all the time, actually, for requesting people, do we do it? And it's threads. 
which we don't. And there's four of us in our clinic that haven't, have chosen not to, because I just don't feel it, there's strong enough evidence for their efficacy or their longevity at this point. Now, there'll be a practitioner down the road. She probably has a very different opinion and uses them all the time and loves them, but I, I haven't seen enough to believe myself. Is that, that very the kind of fishing lines? Is that the fishing lines that like Simon Cowell uses exactly. to prop up his eyebrows? sutures. It's sutures, exactly, oh, yeah, to no. like, to pull. I think if you're at that point, surgical interventions are fantastic. Facelifts have come a long way and they can manipulate things really nicely. So, you know, if you're at that turning point, I would say if you're open to surgical intervention, that would be the way to go rather than threads, which I don't think, in my personal opinion, have a lot of evidence or Mm. great results. I've just heard about that. I didn't even know anything about it. It's very interesting. Okay, threads. No. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> um, Cancel my appointment. <laughs> I'll be back me. in a second, guys. Um, so is there any telltale signs that you can see that immediately you're just like, that's a procedure that's been done badly? I think if you can see it, it probably isn't, well, unless that person desired that outcome. But for me, the best compliments might be clients would receive would be oh you look great like you were you like look very fresh mm. you look very fresh that's the compliment you want to receive i think that's ultimately what we all want to be told not oh did you get your cheeks done or did you get photos <laughs> like it's mm. it's that that i think to me to my eye if i see the anti-wrinkle treatment walking into the room before the person or if i see the the dermal filler walking into the room before the person i think that to my aesthetic would be a negative outcome hmm. beauty is in the eye of the beholder and everyone has their own opinions but of that, course, yeah. i think the non-subtle or the very obvious would be the way i would view it hmm. okay i love that and on the flip side of that this is the final one this is our last is question yes so we got one in from uh, uh this was me oh was it <laughs> No, no, this is me. <laughs> what celebrity do you think has had the best work done? I, I actually, it's hard to hang your hat on this, but do you know, because she's been in the media so much recently, I've been obsessed with looking at her. It's Kate Middleton. I think <gasps> she looks phenomenal. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, obviously, I have no idea if she's getting treatment or not, but I, oh, I'm sure given she her is. age, you know, she's had three babies and, you know, she, like, I, I, would be very surprised if there wasn't a little bit of help in that department. Oh. Because, and I think she looks phenomenal. I thought you were going to say Kim Kardashian. And <laughs> I have one that I don't think anyone talks about because it's just quite random. Okay. And I think so, you'll agree. Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, she does look great. She yeah. looks, she looks amazing. the same. But, but, but herself. But herself. But it's as if nothing's yeah. happened. She's not frozen though Exactly. Either. Yeah. But I wish people understood that that's what a good aesthetic outcome yeah, is. Yeah. That you don't, you can't put your finger on what's happened there. But, just you know, she looks as good as she did when it, we watched Runaway Bride 10 years ago oh, or whenever yeah. it was, you know. But she looks her age and she, but, and she looks majestic. Yeah. She glows. Exactly. She glows. Who do you think does her work? God, I, I have no idea. Do you watch the Kardashians? Sometimes, yeah. You know, like Dr. Garth Fisher. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know all those. I'm like, does she go to them or Dr. Orion? <laughs> I suppose if you can pin an aesthetic to a doctor, 
I don't think that's right. <laughs> like, you mm. know, you can almost walk in and be like, oh yeah, that's that's the whatever clinic. That's a Dr. You know? Emma Fanning I... face if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my worst nightmare. That would be my career. <laughs> oh, she saw Dr. Emma. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Those eyebrows were aura clinic. You know, Those I don't threads. like that. <laughs> Dr. <Emma. laughs> so I don't like the fact that we can't even pin pin that on someone or you know yeah. put her finger on it that's that's a success oh wow i love that i could talk about celebrities work all day just one last one that came into my head what are the likes of when kim kardashian comes out with a skincare line what are your immediate yeah. thoughts on something like that Oh, it's so funny because I've actually been talking about this for the last few weeks. I feel like everyone is bringing a skincare mm. line at the moment. Brad yeah. Pitt, Kim Kardashian, Scarlett Johansson came out with one. Did she? There's um, a clinic in Ireland that's just come out with one. <laughs> like oh. Everyone is doing it right now. It's like as if we're all waiting for the recession and everyone's like, okay, what can I do to make, make bank? I suppose I, you have to, buyer beware, you know, that caveat entire, you know, that like saying, buyer beware. I think you, you as a as someone who's going to purchase these things, you just need to be savvy and understand what is it that makes this line any different to anything else. And, it, you know, probably nothing. Mm. It's very, you know, like you just have to be skeptical, I think. Like, especially if there's going to be a large price tag associated with something, mm. you need to understand why it's so different. My cynical brain goes to why would... Neutrogena pay Kim Kardashian when she could just make it herself and reap all the money so instead of getting like 10 million yeah. she's the potential to become a billionaire by making her own product yeah. it's a better investment than just being paid to promote somebody else's brand and make money for that company like yeah. Eva Longoria but with L'Oreal like you know yeah. if you were that type of a celebrity she should have her own skincare line because she has the trust of being you're L'Oreal right, Claire. I think that kind of shows you where the motivation is probably that mm. wasn't really something she's going to do but if I don't know but like yeah. if someone came along and offered it to you on a plate and you were like yeah put my name on it I don't know maybe that's that's yeah. where we get a bit of insight into it but yeah I won't be rushing to buy it I don't think personally until no. I'm convinced it looks very it. expensive as well yeah um, Emma, I could talk to you all evening. Oh my God, this has been I can see why you say you don't go out with your friends, friends and have normal conversations because they're just asking questions <laughs> the all the time. The conversations spiral. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh I my God. I'm sorry ended. for you that I have your number. <laughs> 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 Me too. I've changed it so since last year. <laughs> Rachel's sister's so no, but- weird. <laughs> she wants to text me. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Dr. Emma Fanning from the Aura Clinic for answering all of our questions, hopes, dreams, doubts, fears, problems about our skin. I could talk to you all day. You've just been a fountain of knowledge and information and hopefully has helped answer all of those listener questions. So we can't thank you enough. And you weren't scary about it. No. Oh, hopefully. No, you know when you ask. Explain things, okay. Mm -hmm. No, you did. You know when you ask people and they're either condescending or scary. Yeah. You were none of those things. None. Oh, Nothing thanks, of the sort. No, it was lovely chatting it. to you. <laughs> That's so, so lovely. Good. You can find Emma online. It's aurasskinclinic.ie and you can sign up to the Oracle newsletter there. We're going to put all those links in the show notes. So don't you worry. Dying to read the Oracle. Mm. <laughs> I really I'll want dedicate to read the, the next one to you guys. It's so good. <laughs> oh, imagine we got a shout out in the Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank I you. I chatting to you. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.
Thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope you loved Dr. Emma Fanning's information as much as we did. She was like a fountain of knowledge. Mind boggles. Treasure trust. We opened Pandora's box. I feel sorry for her that I have my, her number now. I know. <laughs> I feel really sorry for her. And obviously we said we put that Oracle newsletter in the show notes as well, which I'm sure has some great tips in it. Yeah. And we hope that you brought a notepad like Clara suggested. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, it's time. And yeah, but, but please let us know what you think, Emma. Would you like to see her on again? Any topics you want us to cover? Oh, like a live episode? Oh, yeah. We could, live mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can let us know that at self underscore lions <gasps> and at Classy Cavana That's on a Instagram. Great idea. She could do like a vampire facial on one of us. Oh, me, please. <laughs> I was going to say me. <laughs> That's the only reason I thought of it. I was gonna, maybe you vampire me facelift. Strong. Okay. Sounds okay. good. That will be fun. Anyway, do let us know. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and we hope you have a lovely all week. If you liked this episode, we have an old episode called Cosmetics Unveiled. Myths yeah. that the beauty industry. Yeah. Oh, very good, Clara. That wasn't that long ago either. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, it's all there ready and waiting for you. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. We have some great things coming up. We do, and we're celebrating a very special birthday next week. And then mine is in December. No, not mine. (laughs) And mine is in December. The pods. Oh. (laughs) It's a joke. Sorry, I'm too gullible. Honestly, Clara. All right. Cheerio. Toodle pip. Wishing you a radiant week. May the sun shine from your face. May the hyaluronic acid be absorbed into your pores while the retinol seeps in. And you do a cleansing sandwich. The moisturising sandwich. A moisturising sandwich. Topped off with some microneedling. And a... Russian lips. And a touch of Russian lips. Bye-bye. Cheerio. (laughs) When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.